0: Before we get started, though, I do want to just mention an important initiative that that, that, uh, actually Tammy is very involved in, and that it's a very important initiative for everyone to get involved in, which is the, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about the ethnic studies curriculum in California. Um, And I'm actually, I teach a Gemara class to high school uh, boys in public school, and as it happens last week, and this is not part of the ethnic study curriculum, right? This is just independently. Uh, one of them shared with me some slides from his AP writing course. And, and a lot of the, you know, the same ideas of um, how everything is about classes and everything is about identity is not a personal thing. It's always about oh. being what class you belong to and how Jews are not privileged. Um, and it was pretty shocking. And then literally yesterday, my sister shared with me this petition that Amcha, which is a wonderful organization that Tammy is one of the co-founders of, um, that they're, they're uh, trying to get people to sign this petition that they should rethink this ethnic study curriculum and put some more thought into it as currently as it's constituted, the only minority that's considered to be privileged is guess who? Jewish people, right? So this is not a surprise. Um, so there are petitions, they're all over the place now, they're being sheared, but I think people should try to sign them as much as they can. The next thing I wanted to share, though, before we continue is, uh, so yesterday, or actually two days ago, there was a great Torah scholar who passed away. His name was Rabbi Abraham, Rabbi Dr. Avram J. Yoshua Twersky. okay? He was a 90 years old, and he had made Aliyah he originally from Milwaukee. Uh, he then moved to Pittsburgh about, I want to say, maybe 60 years ago or so. He is a scion of a great Hasidic dynasty called the Chernobylah, dynasty. They're originally from Chernobyl, right, in, in Ukraine, before before the uh, nuclear accident. Um, so uh, his father always helped other people, and he counseled other people. And he realized that he, from a young age that he wants to counsel other people as well. But he realized that it would be beneficial to get a degree. So although he always had the chassidish levush, which means he walked around with the garb, he had the beard, and he had the payas, and he had a long coat, and he wore the chassidish hat. He also was a psychiatrist and a world-renowned psychiatrist. His specialty was in addictions, actually. And he, from the age of, uh, I think in his late 20s, he decided to go to school and become a psychiatrist so that he'd be able to help other people from a professional background. Uh, So just wanted to share a couple of stories about him because he was such a special person in terms of his looking out for everyone else, you know, Jewish, not Jewish, religious, not religious, trying to help people. That's how he looked at his life's mission is trying to help people. So one story that just a, is an interesting perspective that he brings to the table, and I think it's a story that illustrates his sense of humor. He was one time walking, and um, he was wearing his clothing right, and he has his, you know, his his black hat and his black long coat and his white socks or, and he's walking down the street, and a Jewish person comes over to him, a not, not religious, perhaps. And, uh, I think it was a not religious Jewish person comes over to him and says, you know. Why do you have to still dress like that? Like you're still stuck in Ukraine. You're still stuck in the ghetto. What's with it? Just get, get with the program. We're in the modern world today. And he says, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm Amish. So he says to him, oh, you're Amish. I have so much respect for the Amish people. They retain a sense of fidelity to their traditions. It's so beautiful that you guys are proud of who you are and you don't feel the need to impress the rest of the world. And he said, I'm actually Jewish. Nice to meet you too. And then he kept on walking. Right. And he said, you know, his point was like, it's important to recognize what's the underlying motivation in people's perspectives. It's very often there's something in their heart that's really coloring their mind. Right. That's one story, just an amusing story. But in terms of what what a great person he was, I just want to share two two more stories. One of them is a little bit personal because he was actually close with my great-grandparents who lived in Pittsburgh. My aunt says over, and she's just said this over in our family chat today, that when my my great-grandmother was in her 70s. She broke her hip and her grandson's bar mitzvah was supposed to be that Shabbos. She couldn't go to the bar mitzvah. My great-great-grandfather went to the bar mitzvah. My aunt, who was 16, went to spend Shabbos with my great-grandmother. So on Arab Shabbos, on Friday afternoon, they get a knock on the door in the rehabilitation home that they were in, which was a couple of miles away from the regular Squirrel Hill community in Pittsburgh. And who is it? It's Rabbi Tversky, Rabbi Dr. Tversky, who was close with my great-grandparents. And he knocks on the door, he says, I'm coming to wish you a guten Erev Shabbos. And unbeknownst to them, he also put a bag with some food and a bottle of whiskey in the rehabilitation home because there was no Erev he wouldn't be allowed to carry from where he lived to there. And then Shabbos morning, unannounced, he came together with his wife. They walked over from Squirrel Hill and they had a special kiddush because he knew that my great grandmother would feel bad that she missed her, her grandson's bar mitzvah. So he made sure to go out of his way to set up the Kiddush before Shabbos began and then to come over there the next morning together with his wife to wish her a a mazel tov and make a l'chaim together and and to make her feel like she's not missing out. Uh, Obviously, she's missing out, but that she'll get something in, in, in place of that. And then the last story I just wanted to share is so his funeral was yesterday in Israel. Um, there were very few people at the funeral. Everybody was wearing a face mask, right? This, this story, you, you're not going to see these pictures in any paper. This, these story, this pictures will not make it in any paper. They're very Now, he wrote in his tzavah, in his... Not will, interesting, if there were so many people. Not interesting, yeah. So he wrote in his tzavah, in his will, he wrote, and he, and he circled it five times, no eulogies will be said at my funeral. I refuse, no eulogies. So they actually respected his wishes, they did no eulogies. What they did is, They sang a song at his funeral. And if you you look online right now on YouTube, you will see videos. They're carrying the the aron, they're carrying the, the, the coffin and they're singing a song while they carry the coffin. That is atypical. I have never in my life been at a funeral where they sing songs while carrying the coffin. Why are they singing a song? So 60 years ago, right before his twin brothers got married, they both got married within a couple of weeks of each other. He made up a song, he made up a tune two words in the daily davening, right? And the words are like this. The words are, Hoshia es help or save or rescue, es your people. We're speaking to God, we're addressing God over here. "Uvarich es and bless your inheritance, right? So he made up a tune to this, and this is a very famous tune, right? If I, if I hum it, it could be some of you will recognize it. Rabbi Tversky said, I want you to sing that song at my funeral. And why do I want you to sing that song at my funeral? I don't know what I did in this world. I'm not sure how much I accomplished. This is an individual who wrote 60 books, 60 books about how to help people. And these are books that are published, not just by Art Scroll. They're not just Jewish books. He wrote books in tandem with Charles Schultz. He was very close with Charles Schultz, the creator of the Peanuts Strip. And he actually, he wrote four books based on the psychological insight that the Peanuts Strip brings to the world. Okay, so this is a famous individual who touched many, many people. He had an addiction, a recovery place where many, many people's lives were turned around and saved in this, in this location. But what he said is, what I do know I have done in this world is that song, Peshiya Esamecha, is a song that brought many people joy. I want you to be singing that song when I go up to stand in front of the heavenly throne. I want that song to accompany me. So I don't know what else I've done in this world, but this thing I know for sure. I brought joy to other people with that song. And that's what I want to accompany me as I stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as I stand in front of Hashem, right? To, to me, as a, an incredibly inspiring idea that, that someone who lived his life for 90 years bringing joy to the world in so many different ways, right? But it was never about him. No eulogies at my funeral, right? But sing the song that brought joy to the world. That's all I want. Rabbi, we, a have, person. Yeah. we have a copy of Rabbi Twersky's uh, collaboration with uh, Charles Schultz. And we also have his Haggadah that he wrote, which was based on the theme of addiction. Okay, I did not know that. I didn't even hear that. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you, yeah. So his memory should be a blessing. And uh, if anybody does not have any of his books yet at all, then they should definitely get some of them and you will enjoy it. He's, it it's fascinating. It will the perspective of a Hasidic Jew and yet a psychiatrist on the other hand, but yet so down to earth, right? And and someone who people were, you could watch videos of him, so approachable and so relatable and incredibly successful at what he did, right? Because of these reasons, right? Okay. Can you hum the tune? Would you mind if you're comfortable humming the tune to see if I recognize it? Sure, Chabad actually loves <laughs> It's famous. Like a it's a Yeah, familiar. Yeah, that's in the shacharit before you get to the shema. Yes, yes, it's in yeah. hodu. Yeah. 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 So, so the Lubavitcher Rebbe loved this, loved this tune. There are many videos of Lubavitcher Rebbe, you know, when he, you know, he knocks, his, he knocks on, the, on the desk as he's singing and, and he sings the song and he knocks on the desk. So Rabbi Tursky actually saw a video yesterday. Someone shared with me. Rabbi Tursky says I made up this in 1960, right? Within three weeks, I hear someone singing a tune. It's my tune. And they tell me, oh, it came from Israel. I think it's a Breslavenig and maybe it's a Chabad and I don't know. It's like, I don't care who made up the tune as long as people enjoy. That's all I care about. He is a special person. His memory should be a blessing. We should all take a little bit of that in our lives that we're here to make other people's lives joyful.